Where Nobody Knows Your Name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm James. And I'm John. And this episode is Season 5, Episode 20. It aired on the 26th of February, 1987. And it's Dinner at Eightish. And I'm going to say it, John. One of my favourite episodes. It is a good one. And I'm, I'm very excited about this one. Written by Fifa Sutton and directed by James Burroughs. i tell you why I'm excited, James. Because pretty much everyone that we've talked to on various other podcasts, spoken with and the crossovers with, or even Ken Levine, who we talked to, they mentioned this episode. I'm pretty sure Kelsey Grammer's went on record saying it's his favourite episode as well. I'm excited. Put my excitement up to 11. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say at the head up of this before we go into the cold open? Uh, it's a Fraser and Lilith heavy one. Yeah. Which is fun. And as you've alluded to, when we had our crossover episodes with Cheers Weekly back in day, we were talking about the episode Diane Meets Mum. Mm. And they were talking about the episode Dinner at Eightish. And those two episodes as well pair very nicely. And we'll get into that later on as well. Lots to unpack. I tell you what, James, there's one thing I'll say about this cold open. It's short, really short, which means that this episode is going to be jam-packed full of good jokes. Yeah, they didn't have time. Didn't have time for a long cold open. Do you know that's with The Simpsons as well? They changed the couch gag depending on the length of the episode just to hit the sort of 24-minute mark. I've noticed that some of the couch gags go on for too long. Yeah. Controversial statement. It's a circus one, isn't it, where just everything happens. But this short cold open makes me know that they've written a really big script and they've had to do a really small cold open to give enough time to do justice to that script. Producers are going, hey, uh, Thief, can you cut anything out in this episode? <laughs> no! But I've left space for a cold open for you. So, <laughs> For the sake of the doing the, the whole episode justice, we'll quickly go over the cold open, where we find out that Vera has signed Norm up to a woman's auxiliary club to do a speech. Uh, he's a bit nervous about it, and he's trying to get some help from, I think, Woody. Woody and Sam. And he starts talking about he's feeling awful about it, and he's just he's going to be standing there in front of a group of total strangers. Palms will be sweating. He'll have a dry throat. Palms sweaty. Mum's spaghetti. <laughs> Vera's spaghetti. He gets asked, what's the uh, topic of the speech? And he says, poise, the key to success. Short and sweet. Yeah. I want you. Should we go into the, the main episode then, James? Yes. We kick off with uh, everyone talking about their plans on Wednesday night, I believe. I believe it's a Wednesday. Carla's babysitter's just cancelled and she's trying to get some people to look after her kids. And everyone's making up uh, things that they'll be doing. So Norm says him and Vera have plans. Which is this speech, I assume. Maybe. That would make sense. Sam and Diane say uh, they have plans and then try and get in on Norm's plans and Norm goes, nope. But Cliff seems very up for babysitting. Too up for babysitting. Suspiciously so. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit strange. I mean, luckily, uh, I guess luckily, the episode never really delves into why. Yeah, I mean, and by Carla's kids, she needs a babysitter now because the ones who have any sort of authority you know, namely Anthony, he's the only one which I suppose would legally be classed as an adult. Mm. And the rest of them, you know, it's just a free-for-all in the Tortelli house. And Anthony can't look after them because he lives in Las Vegas now. Actually, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about my theory with Cliff later on. But before we get into that, we then have Fraser and Lilith come into the bar and announce some important news. They live together. Everyone's taken aback a bit and Diane sort of says, do you not think this is a bit soon? And they then reveal that they've actually been living together for a week they did it a week before telling anyone as a bit of a test. They said it was a, a big success and uh, they would love to have Sam and Diane over as they attribute their relationship to Sam and Diane putting them together. 
Yes, which I suppose is another ironic statement in terms of which events fold later in the episode. Sam and Diana accept the invitation, which just so happens to be the day that Carla was asking for people to, to help, which sort of rubs Carla up a bit the wrong way and is like, why'd you, why'd you lie? why do you lie, Sam? And from there, I think we go into the main part of this episode. Yeah, which plays out in Fraser and Lilith's apartment. Lovely apartment. Oh, very nice apartment. It's got <laughs> stairs and everything. Yeah, it's a, it might be a house. <laughs> a, a duplex. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Either way, it's nice. They get that fancy doctor money, don't they? And I think that that's an important part of their relationship is that it's very strong back and forth, which is very quippy, very logical, and very... What's the word? Not clinical. Actually, maybe clinical is the word, where they they veer in and out of a very clinical, professional-ish relationship into... Flirtatious. Flirtatious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's really two sides of one coin, where they'll flip back and forth. We open in their apartment with just Lilith home and she's going around sort of fixing up. Tidying up everything. Yeah, ready for Sam and Diane and and the dinner party. And we've mentioned before how people characterise characters through direction and physical action. That happens with a stack of magazines where Lilith wants them all neatly organised and Frasier wants them sort of fanned out and a bit more chaotic and a bit more faux casual kind of thing. It's a bit like a dentist's office though, isn't it? (laughs) He wants to present himself as being everyday. And they never talk really to each other about this. They'll just enter the room. Move the magazines. Yeah. But Frasier comes home and sees that. And that's one of the first things he does. He fans the magazines out. And then they have quite a good back and forth where we see this lustful side of Frasier. How was your day? I want to take you now by the dip. You impulsive man, we have guests coming. Yes, I know. It'll be our little joke on them. Every time they say the word dip, we'll become giddy with remembrance. (laughs) The word itself will become a syllable filled with our overwhelming passion. Dear, you're using sex to express your aggression toward the confines of polite society. Dip. I love that. It's almost as steamy as that episode of Psychology This Week, John. (laughs) Almost. Not quite, yeah. (laughs) It's a very interesting setup, the fact that these two psychologists are living together. And as we just heard that Frasier tries to build an association with the word dip. So they've got an in-joke throughout the whole dinner party where they've got one up on their guest, kind of. An in-joke which they can both laugh at. Yes. I love those jokes. Mm -hmm. I have them in all my dinner parties. (laughs) That's why the guests don't return. (laughs) What does happen is there's this slightly awkward exchange before Sam and Diane arrive. Frasier says, I mean, who would have thought that I'd enjoy living with you? But here we are. Lilith can't really let this go. Yeah, it's a backhanded compliment, isn't it? Mm. She says, you didn't expect to enjoy living with me. It escalates quite a bit from there. Yeah, they passive aggressively and bordering on just active aggressively criticize each other's you know mannerisms and psychological profile well i'm sorry i'm late by the way I no got explanation is necessary i know you far too well to have expected you to be on time tonight all oh, right why is that because i've learned that a certain self-centered insensitivity is a fundamental part of your psychological makeup and it only endears you to me i'm so glad you shared that with me <laughs> Of course, you can't know everything about me. I mean, who would have thought that I'd enjoy living with you? But here we are. You didn't expect to enjoy living with me? Well, you do have an uncompromising quality. 
but very attractive one it is, though. Well, if you were hesitant, why do it? That's the way you arranged it, isn't it? It was your idea. Ah, yes. Well, you see, you're forgetting the uh, passive-aggressive trick you have of leading someone else into doing something that you want to do, thereby absolving yourself of responsibility. And very adorable it is too, my little parsnip. Bibi Newer picks up the stack of magazines and throws them very aggressively at Kelsey Kramer. Kelsey steps back a bit. Uh, doesn't she fall over when throwing them as well? <laughs> The sheer aggression. She storms into the, the bathroom and locks herself in. And then the doorbell essentially goes. And it's Sam and Diane arrive. That adds a new dynamic to this already established argument. Yeah, Frasier plays it cool, puts, you know, some little snacks on the table. And I'll tell you what, this in itself doesn't become a subplot, but just a kind of recurring motif for one of the characters. <laughs> and while they're there snacking, Frasier goes, uh, I'm just going to get a cheese knife. And then he <laughs> knives the bathroom door. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that, isn't there? And that becomes a recurring joke throughout this sort of whole scene as um, they keep locking themselves into the bathroom to the point where Sam will then just go, cheese knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's a farcical episode, but it's so character-driven and based on the history of these characters. You know, you mentioned Diane meets mum earlier, and this is where we find out that Lilith and Fraser have built this relationship on 100% trust and honesty. Sam very much opposes uh, this idea that you should be 100% truthful, but Diane sort of agrees and says you should be honest because inevitably uh, the truth will come out and it will just be embarrassing when it does. Foreshadowing! <laughs> um, Fraser does get Lilith out of the bathroom, although admittedly stubbornly, but he <laughs> does say, the guests are here behave so she comes out sits there stubbornly they start offering some dip of which you know Frasier and Lilith give a sultry smirk to each other a lot of eye contact yeah and then play a lovely rendition of our house to your house our house I thought it was lovely. Yeah, I thought so as well. Until Diane joins in and they abruptly stop. Yeah, you ruined it, Diane. I mean, I, I always say where I think the episodes are sometimes going to go. In this episode, I thought Diane was going to second guess her relationship with Frasier and see this relationship that Frasier and Lilith have and feel like that was what she wanted. Having doubts about Sam. That's what I thought was going to happen. No, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> This is where um, that sort of Diane potentially feeling like she's made a slight mistake. She says, you know what I love about your relationship is that you never have an unexpressed thought. And then sort of questions, how do they maintain that honesty? This goes to what I said before. And then at the point where Diane says that, you know, if, you, if you're not honest, it will inevitably come out and embarrass those involved. You mean the two of you planning marriage haven't already had this discussion? Of course we have. Well, Diane's told us about both of hers, and we're just about up to the Johnson administration on mine. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, um, I, I think that we're um, all entitled to our little secrets. Why? They only lead to embarrassment when they're inevitably revealed. Exactly. I know, I feel better knowing that Fraser's told you he and I were once engaged. So I don't have to worry about you discovering it at some inopportune moment. 
like now, for instance. Cheese knife. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sam snacking away. At this point, I think Sam just some people just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it kind of, I don't know who it proves right. I guess it does prove them right, but it means that Fraser hasn't been living by his own... Rules. Yeah. I mean, we do see Sam's role in this develop further on, mm. but everything he's been doing so far is he's just, rightly so, just been like, I didn't come here to fight. I came here to dine and enjoy good company. This is not my fight, so I'm going to have some uh, chips. But after that bombshell hits that uh, Fraser and Diane were engaged, Lilith locks herself in the bathroom again. Classic Lilith. Diane advises Frasier on what to do. Sam, as I said, just keeps eating. Lilith is, you know, kind of questioning Frasier, going, so am I a rebound? Frasier, did I mean that much to you? Explain yourself. And he's like, I will not be grilled like a common criminal. Uh, And he locks himself in the bathroom (laughs) after Lilith has exited. And then we cut back to Cheers, where we get another recurring character. It's Corinne subbing at Cheers because both Diane and Carla are out. And we like Corinne. Doris. Yeah, Doris Grau. This means Woody is left in charge of the bar. Carla's kids, despite not being old enough to drive, do a drive-by delivery of Cliff, <laughs> which I've said it about this episode, but I want E, because he is a male man and he has been mailed to cheers. <laughs> he's he's uh, very much mummified as well. He gets thrown down the stairs. With a note that says, do not open till Christmas. And Woody goes, well, okay then. I won't. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't go well, did it? And actually, I'll, I'll, I'll dip into here where... Uh, <laughs> dip. Oh, I didn't, didn't even mean that. I'll say my theory about why I think Cliff was so keen to babysit Carla's kids. I think Cliff might have a soft spot for Carla, which I think we've established before. And I think he's just had a very rough time in Dog Bites Cliff. And I think he... We saw in like the Haunted House episode, we saw them have some nice moments there. But then uh, I think Cliff says that as soon as the kids see a strong male figure, they'll... Uh, behave. And I think he tried and wanted to try and prove himself as a, not a macho man, but as a strong fatherly figure. Macho, macho man. I'm yeah. going to be a macho man. <laughs> but then th- thinking about it again, if that's his angle, probably best not to babysit whilst Carl goes on a date. Nah. I think Nick is quite a strong, stereotypically alpha male type, wouldn't you say about Nick? Yeah, but he leans into absent father rather than... Oh, um, that's true. Yes. No, yeah, it's difficult to be... <laughs> a fatherly figure when you're in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now, Norm is more uh, quite alpha male type as well with the wrestling and... And the numbers. Yeah, numbers, you know, that <laughs> oozing with testosterone. <laughs> what we've learned is that you don't mess with Carlos kids, they mess with you. <laughs> They'll mummify you and throw you down some stairs. Yeah. Back at the dinner party, we get a continuation of this fight. And what happens is Diane starts to talk to Lilith and say that Frasier wasn't right for her. Sam is the lover of life. She kind of inadvertently says that she kind of played Frasier a bit. Yeah, exactly. She was like, I was looking for some solace and some union, I guess. And Frasier was there. Lilith picks up on this and says, Frasier was a toy you played with briefly and then threw away. A fellow human being whose emotions you twisted for your own satisfaction. And it really paints Diane to be... Vitriol evil. And from there, I thought this was going to take an even worse turn. But there seems to find some kind of equilibrium in this argument where they're able to sit down and be pleasant. Sort of, for momentarily, because Diane goes, you can't blame Frasier for this. And Lilith, quick as a flash, goes, I don't blame Frasier. I blame you. Whoa, that was proper drive-by. 
from there, they have, I hope, a pleasant meal with questionable lasagna. <laughs> That's the house special if ever there was one. But eventually, Diane storms in after this. And this is where, as I say, Sam finally reveals his part in all of this. Where after he's clearly finished the chips and he's ran out of food, he goes, Well, will everyone stop it? Diane, get out of the bathroom, you minx. Can't we all just be happy for Lilith and Fraser? Yes, we've all dated each other in the past, haven't we? And then he just goes, so can't we all just enjoy each other's company and just get over it? Come on now. And that's when they're able to sit down and have a meal. And I think, in many ways, Sam's right in this scenario. They do have a bit of an in-joke about the lasagna and leave Lilith out of that. Yes, because that would get her locked in the bathroom again. <laughs> but, but yeah, they were like, lasagna? Was it fish? Fraser was like, I didn't even think it was Italian. And uh, I think Sam was the closest guest by guessing meat. <laughs> That's how you know it was good. But then uh, it's revealed that Lilith actually had help to make the meal. But the only thing that she made was lasagna. And all these sides were prepared by help. Yeah, some cooking assistant. Whilst they're leaving the house, they say bye to Lilith and then catch Sam's eye. And it turns out she used to date Sam. Well, of course she did, because, you know, (laughs) who hasn't? Good time to go to the cast, do you think? Yeah. This is Jill. So obviously we've got Bibi Nurith as Dr. Lilith Sternan. Zeta Whitlow plays Jill. She also appeared in Days of Our Lives, The Fall Guy, Wings, and many others. We've said we've got Darius Grau as Corinne, Al Rosen as Al, and Philip Perlman is uncredited as Phil. Not many in this episode, but as we've said many times, the key moments play out in this apartment. Diane's like, why must we see every woman you've ever dated wherever we go? At the bank, at the grocery, when we went to get our blood test? And now Sam's been around, basically. <laughs> Diane runs into the bathroom hearing that uh, Jill's there and seeing Jill there and getting frustrated with Sam. Sam's response is pretty telling. And he says, we weren't even dating. When I was going out with Jill, it was when you were living with Fraser. Oh, no, Sam. <laughs> Cue Lilith running and locking herself in the bathroom because she didn't know that Fraser and Diane lived together. Surely she could have assumed. But she's, a, as you said, very clinical, very doctor and never make assumptions. And Fraser had told her that he hadn't lived with anyone before. Well, that's a bold faced lie. <laughs> You know, there's a difference between not telling the truth and just lying. Mm. What happens from here is Fraser locks them in the bathroom, both of them, and then gets some cigars to have with Sam. They get a cigar and they go upstairs to watch the box set of I, Claudius. (laughs) I think Sam had a great time. And I think in this whole play out, I'm definitely Sam. Snacking away, (laughs) then watching the box set. And then it closes with the line, Lilith saying, Fraser, we are not amused. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how it closes I'll tell you who is amused These guys, John and I <laughs> Oh, it's the door Do not open till Christmas We can ignore that <laughs> I'm, I'm jamming the door open with a cheese knife Should we get with these trivia questions, James? Eddie is out of town So Carla has a date Fair enough Who is her date with? It is with a butcher, James, who we've mentioned a few times. I'm pretty sure that it was said that he's the most attractive man that Woody and Carla know. And Carla's got a date with him. Nice one, Carla. There's there's a bit of a call out to Eddie as well, who is in Vancouver at the moment. And they question that. You're going, what are you going on a date with if if you've got Eddie? And Carla says, well, Eddie's in Vancouver and my butcher's down the street. It's just just geography. (laughs) In this episode, James, Sternin and Crane say that they are Pusselkeys, but what does Pusselkeys stand for? Persons of the opposite sex sharing living quarters. So you, I thought that'd catch you on. Uh, it's uh, my questions as well. Is this uh, a yuppie thing? Because this term no longer exists. Well, they say it's from a, some sort of census bureau thing. It sounds like a yuppie thing. I've never heard of it before. You know, I've heard stories of couples around that time. You know, they'd be sharing a place with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. 
and just wouldn't tell their parents for a while. These days, it's quite commonplace. Yeah, they're pretty common now. Can't move for puzzle cues. <laughs> Carla asks Al before Cliff about babysitting her kids on Wednesday night. But what are Al's Wednesday night plans? I feel like he would say something like he's got a hot date or something. I mean, he says something like that. It's a bit different. He says he's pumping iron. <laughs> the classic Al. Al and Arnie. What twins could have been. <laughs> When Fraser returns home, what pet name does he call Lilith, and what does Lilith call him? Sweet potato and cinnamon bear. Yeah, and uh, Fraser seems to have a, a root vegetable because he calls a parsnip later on as well. He likes his root vegetables. Well, I'd use sweet potato as a term of endearment for an ex of mine. She didn't like it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Should have tried other root vegetables then. Uh, I thought sweet potato was a nice thing. Apparently not. Oh. We're no longer together. Maybe it's like a fossil cue. Where uh, it's just not used commonly anymore. That's true. Maybe I should try cinnamon bear. (laughs) Vaguely food related. And therefore, for me, perfect terms of endearment. Well, cinnamon bear, I wouldn't say is particularly food related. Some would say spice, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last call at the bar then, James. Actually, we're not at the bar. We're at Fraser's apartment. Final course at at the dinner. That feels appropriate. What do you think we should have? A leftover questionable lasagna dip? <laughs> Stop saying dip, John. I think some kind of dip. I know what would be good. A salsa. Because it's a dip, but also a sexy dance. Okay, we can go for that. Some chips and dip. We'll raise that to a new couples. And also old ones as well. To all your puzzle cues out there. All your puzzle cues. And if you're looking for an extra course of this uh, meal, you might find some more bonus content over at our Patreon. We've got some bonus episodes where we're talking about what Anthony is up to in Vegas, in the Tortelli's pilot. Yeah, you'll hear a bit more about Nick in that episode as well. And uh, what, what else? We, we have newsletters that are up weekly. Maybe one of the guest stars in this episode will be in the newsletter. Bibi Newith was uh, guest of the month. Yeah, a previous month at some point, yeah. Also, you might get a chance to be a guest at our dinner and come in on an episode of this yourself, which is enticing. One of our patron tiers is that you get to have a special bonus episode with us for all of the other patrons out there. Lovely. But yeah, James, so we've got a lovely big bowl of dip, some uh, good chips. Let's get dipping. Actually, no, don't say that. <laughs> we'll go with it. Thank you for listening to it. Nobody knows your name. This has been the best cheers dipping podcast ever. Mm-hmm.